Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach at Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today we continue our conversation on motivation. Last time we talked about a number of important points. We talked, number one, about how there are two types of motivation, extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation. Extrinsic motivation is anything that is external to you, motivating you or trying to motivate you to do something or complete a task. That could be a teacher trying to help you get better grades or a doctor trying to tell you to improve your health. Intrinsic motivation, on the other hand, is something intrinsic to you that is motivating you to pursue a goal. Intrinsic motivation is going to be much more sustainable usually than extrinsic. That's why it's important as much as you can to move things towards an intrinsic motivation point of view. We also talked about neurotransmitters, the chemical messengers, if you will, of the nervous system that send messages to get our bodies to do things. For instance, acetylcholine, endorphins, and dopamine, the ones that we talked about last time, are excitatory neurotransmitters that put us into action. Those aren't the only ones, and those for those three, that's not their main and only function, but they do help get us into action and keep us in action. And we talked about how our equation for motivation has been wrong and how we need to get into action first, then we can be motivated, and then we will potentially achieve the thing that we're after instead of waiting for motivation, then getting into action, then potentially achieving the thing that we're after. Today, we're going to talk about the other two components of motivation. That is, excuse me, intensity and persistence. Intensity and persistence. Those are the other two parts of motivation. It's important to understand how we can optimize those as well to keep our motivation moving forward. Like I said, motivation is a real thing. But you should not be waiting for motivation to happen. You should be producing it as much as you can, moving yourself through obstacles, overcoming issues that pop up as you move toward the goal you're trying to pursue. When it comes to activation and getting into action, make sure you review the last episode. For intensity, we're going to talk about how to improve our effort. And effort is absolutely also very important. All three of these components are important when it comes to getting motivated and continuing to be motivated. But effort is doubly important, and here's why. In her book, Grit, Angela Duckworth tells us literally that effort counts twice when it comes to achievement. She gives us a little equation for it. First, we, talk, we start with our internal abilities. We start with our given abilities, if you will. We multiply that times effort, and then we get skill. The more we do that, the more skill we build, right? Then we take that skill, and we multiply by more effort, and we get achievement. Of course, all of that needs to be done over time, which is why persistence is important. But if we take our current abilities, we multiply them by effort, we get skill, we take that skill, we multiply it by more effort, we get achievement. We achieve the thing that we're after. So effort is especially important 
because um, it, it literally counts twice. It counts doubly when it comes to trying to achieve what we're after. Now, of course, effort is going to be different things for different people. And from person to person, it's going to be different from moment to moment. So, for instance, when it comes to maybe being more athletic or pursuing athleticism, for some people, they may not have to put in as much effort as others. Myself, for instance, I was blessed with the abilities of athleticism. And sadly and admittedly, because of that, in high school, I didn't put in as much effort as I could have because I already had a lot of ability. But I didn't put in as much effort as I could have, and that means that I probably left a lot on the table. On the other end of that, there were plenty of guys who, uh, plenty, that makes me sound very egotistical, there were a number of guys who maybe didn't have as much athletic ability as me, who put in much more effort than I did and achieved more than I did in whatever context that would have been, usually football, but they achieved more with, quote, less starting ability, but because of more effort that they put in. So different effort is going to require, different people are going to require different amounts of effort. I should have put more effort in, but I didn't necessarily need more effort to achieve the same level of ability or skill as other people. But because of their higher level of effort, they still achieved more skill because they put in more effort. Also within each person, effort will change from day to day and moment to moment, day to day, week to week, month to month, because, you know, there, we all have things going on. We, our schedules change, life changes, uh, true feelings of motivation actually do change and shift like that. It's a real thing. While we shouldn't wait for motivation, like, you know, sometimes we do have really, really high energetic motivation. And sometimes it's like, okay, like I can still do this, but I'm not as energetic as I was yesterday, which is okay. So understanding that even within yourself, your effort level is going to undulate, if you will, is important. We want it to undulate higher and higher over time, but it's, it's just going to shift from moment for moment and day to day. Just because you hit a personal record on Monday doesn't mean that following Monday when you show up and you do the same workout that you're going to hit a PR again. Your effort might be different because maybe you didn't sleep as well. Maybe you had a longer day at work or whatever it was. Uh, and, that's, and that's okay. Uh, but nonetheless, we need to have that effort. We need to have that effort and we need to have it over time. Before we get to that part of it, the persistence part, which is probably the hardest part of all of this equation, let's talk about how do we increase our effort in general? How do we increase our effort? So one way I like to think about effort, if you will, is through a resistance training term called rate of perceived exertion or RPE. You could also think of it as rate of perceived effort. Effort was that word. Rate of perceived effort. So rate of perceived effort is exactly what it sounds like. You can think of it as a scale, zero to 10, zero being 
not no effort at all, and 10 being maximal effort. If you were in the weight room and I asked you what your RPE was, based on that scale, I would say that weight that you just did for 10 reps, what was your RPE? And let's say you told me it was a nine. That means it was really heavy. It was pretty heavy. You still could have done maybe a couple more reps, but it was pretty darn close to your maximal. Whereas if you told me it was a five, then that means it probably wasn't, it was kind of challenging, but it wasn't that tough. You could have done maybe five more and maybe that wouldn't have even been too hard. So in life, I like to think of things and effort in the same sort of context. On a scale, how did that really feel? So sometimes putting in more effort isn't necessarily about pushing ourselves to put in more effort. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's about changing our perception of what effort feels like, if you will. So it's literally changing our feeling of what that our current level of effort is and making that feeling lower. Uh, so let me explain a little better. There's an idea in Stoic philosophy called um, sorry, my brain just like went whoop, gone. An idea in Stoic philosophy called voluntary discomfort. Voluntary discomfort is literally doing things on purpose that make you uncomfortable. A simple example, of course, is exercise. Most people are uncomfortable exercising. It, if you're doing it hard enough, then it should be uncomfortable. If you're not doing it hard enough, it might not be uncomfortable, in which case you might want to have a conversation with yourself. But nonetheless, exercise is a simple example, but there are lots of other things that you can do to have voluntary discomfort. For instance, another example that I like to give often is cold showers. Cold showers are great for a number of different things, physiologically, mentally, and the like, but cold showers, that's voluntary discomfort. You don't have to take a cold shower. You can always take a warm, nice, warm, steamy shower always john is sitting behind the camera nodding her head like yeah, that's nice nice warm shower i like it um <laughs> so that's always available to you so if you're taking a cold shower you're taking it voluntarily uh going out in the cold without a big parka on or in shorts it's another way to do voluntary discomfort um there's there's a bunch of different ways it's all individual to the person, but typically activity, some sort of intense activity, be that exercise, be that an intense hike, be that an intense run, um, or something like cold exposure in water or outside or something to that effect, or even heat exposure for that matter, be that in a sauna. Most of us like heat, of course, but maybe some of us don't like 180 degree heat. So going in a sauna, or even exercising outside in the heat. Like literally finding ways to voluntarily make yourself uncomfortable. That process alone will make the feeling of effort less for the things that you're doing to try and go after your goal. Because when you, there's a way to put this that I am going to try to say that sometimes I mess up. So let's see if I can get it. When you make things in your life very convenient, the more conveniences you have in your life, the more inconvenient, small conveniences, small inconveniences become. See, I messed it up. So let me try that again. 
the more conveniences you have in your life, the more inconvenience, small inconveniences become. What does that mean? If I have to all of a sudden change the way that I'm, let's say I've changed my nutrition to start to lose weight and I'm starting to lose weight, but then all of a sudden I stop, I hit a plateau and I have to start making a few changes here and there and I have to figure it out. It's a small inconvenience. It's really not that big of a deal. But if the rest of my life is very convenient and I have a lot of comfort around me, that small inconvenience is going to be really big. It's going to feel really big because it's like, man, I was just doing so well. And now I got to change a few things. Like, really? Like, you have to eat like half of a less meal or you have to go from whatever, potato with sour cream on it. And now you got to take the sour cream off. It's, it's not that big of a deal, but it feels like a big inconvenience because everything around you is so convenient and so comfortable. So building in voluntary discomfort is simply making things around you less comfortable on purpose so that when you run into an obstacle, when effort feels very effortful, hopefully, you can make it so that it feels less effortful. Hopefully that obstacle all of a sudden is not a big of a deal. Having to change something is not all that drastic because you've done all this voluntary discomfort work that builds resilience inside of you, builds robustness inside of you, and helps improve your endurance that it just doesn't feel as challenging, okay? So literally what you're trying to do is lower that perceived effort so that pursuing the goal feels easier. It's not going to be easy per se, but it's going to feel easier. Okay. Uh, so that is one simple, not easy, but simple way to help improve your effort. It is by lowering your perceived effort of the, what you're trying to pursue. All right. So that was a little bit about intensity. Let's talk about persistence now. And at the end of this, we'll go back and we'll kind of do a quick review of everything. So we have a refresher. So now that we know that motivation equals movement and we need to get into action, now that we have a general idea of how to improve our effort by reducing our perceived effort, how do we keep going? Well, if you heard what I just said, then you realize that we've already talked about how to keep going. Persistence, that's all persistence is, is keeping yourself moving forward. So we've gone in depth about how to keep going. We've talked about things like reducing the scope and sticking to the schedule. So if you're running late for a workout, don't feel bad because you're 10 minutes late. Instead, show up, reduce the, length of the workout, but stick to the schedule. Still do the thing, but just reduce the amount of time that you're putting into it for that day. We talked about the premeditation of evils and how it's worth thinking about the obstacles that might get in your way, and then making Odysseus contracts or also known as if-then statements. If this happens, then I will do this. That way you know how you're going to overcome some of the obstacles that you're going to run into. And we talked about how to not let perfection get in the way of progress. In other words, 
you're never going to find the perfect plan. You're never going to find the perfect training routine. You're never going to find the perfect diet. Don't pretend like it's going to happen. Just start making progress. Just start moving forward. And just by starting to move forward, you will become motivated and therefore you will hopefully keep yourself going. Okay, so we've talked about all of those things. Another thing that we can talk about to help our persistence is another P word called purpose. Now, I'm going to change where I was going with this or where I thought I was going to go with this because the conversation that I recorded before this episode with our upcoming guest for the next episode, uh, he helped me just think of it a little differently, just slightly differently, just a little shift, um, but purpose. So a lot of people think of purpose, and, and he used this analogy uh, really well, Thomas's name. Not that I'm, I don't know why I'm protecting his name like it's illegal to say it. Tom used this analogy really well. He said, uh, purpose is like a thing on the other side of a mountain. And if I tell you that you need to find your purpose, you feel you look at this big mountain and you go, I don't know if I really feel like climbing that mountain to go find that purpose because it feels like a lot. I have to find this thing. Well, and that made perfect sense to me. So instead of purpose as the thing that's helping us with persistence, it's really, really the idea is living with purpose, living with purpose and living with purpose helps with our persistence. And here's how. So uh, a couple episodes back, can't remember precisely where, we talked about three types of goals. We talked about outcome goals, process goals, and identity goals. Outcome goals are things we're trying to achieve. They are losing 20 pounds. They are running a marathon. They are lifting, deadlifting 300 pounds whatever. It's an outcome we're trying to achieve. We know exactly where we're going. Process goals are the things we're going to implement to get us to that outcome. So if I'm trying to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to have vegetables every day to help me get there. If I'm trying to run a marathon, I'm going to run at least three miles every day to help me get there. Probably more than that if you're running a marathon. If I'm going to deadlift 300 pounds, then I'm going to deadlift Monday, Wednesday, Friday to help me get there. Okay, that's the process. So outcome goals, process goals. Last one, identity goals. Identity goals are very important. They are very important because they build the person that you believe that you are and you believe that you're trying to become. I work out because I am the kind of person that takes care of myself. And so my goal, my goal is to continue to be that person. My goal is to work out three days a week because I am that type of person. I am the type of person who works out three days a week because I take care of myself, okay? Most people stop at outcome goal. Most people set an outcome. They start some action because they have an outcome that they're trying to achieve, which is important. That's good. We should have something we want to achieve. But if you stop at outcome, your odds of continuing are going to be very small. There are so many people who have started New Year's resolutions because they have an outcome in mind. 
80% of them quit by the end of January. If you make it to process, then your odds of achieving your thing increase drastically. If you make it at least to process goal, where you have something in place that you're doing regularly to try and pursue that outcome, you've increased your odds drastically. The final step then is identity. And if you can dig into that identity and make something an identity goal where it is building who you are and who you believe that you are trying to become, then you have found that. And that is living with purpose, okay? That is what I mean by living with purpose. It is digging down so far. It is making your goals, your goals so much a part of you that it drives you to act differently. It drives you to live purposefully, not just go through the motions, not just, uh, oh, I got to lose 10 pounds. So here's 25 things that I'm going to try today. Um, or Aunt Sally said this, or my friend said that. And so I'm going to try all of these different things. Uh, it, it gives you a purpose. If I'm going to actually become this type of person that I believe I want to be, that allows me to also be 10 pounds less, then I need to do these actions. I need to put this process in place. I need to lose that 10 pounds, but I also need to become the person. I need to live with purpose. I need to make purposeful decisions. I need to act differently. I maybe need to hang out with a different group of people. I maybe need to um, change my route to work because if I drive by McDonald's on my way to work, then I'm going to pull in and actually grab something. So it, it literally changes how you live your life. And that, that choosing to live purposefully, choosing to live with purpose, will help with your persistence. Those other things will too, like we talked about in showing up. If you don't remember, go back and watch that series. It's worth, it's worth re-watching so that you can have a refresher and start to build those things as well. But it is also living with purpose. If you choose to live with purpose, you will persist toward the goals that you're trying to achieve because presumably that goal is wrapped up in your identity. It is wrapped up in the thing that you believe that you are. If you're pursuing a goal that is, has nothing to do with who you believe you're trying to become, has nothing to do with it, that's probably extrinsically motivated and it's not going to be very sustainable. So that's why all of this that we're talking about matters. That's why having intrinsic motivation is important. That's why getting in motion is important. That's why decreasing your perceived level of effort is important. And for our purposes here, that's why living with purpose is important. Because when you do those things, then motivation becomes a non-issue for the most part. Not always, not all the time, but it becomes a non-issue. So in quick review, we talked about intensity. We talked about how intensity is simply effort and how intensity counts twice when it comes to the things that we're trying to achieve. You take your current abilities and you multiply them by effort and then you get more skill. And then you take that skill and you multiply by more effort and you achieve the thing that you are trying to achieve. We talked about decreasing your rate of perceived effort by or through voluntary discomfort, doing things purposely that are uncomfortable so that 
when you run into an obstacle, not if, but when things get hard, then it doesn't feel as hard as you think that it is. And then finally, we talked about how living with purpose is going to help you persist. If you live with purpose, you will persist more effectively. And if you take all of these ideas and you mingle them together, which takes time, it takes effort, and takes persistence, then, like I said, motivation will become a non-issue. You will start and continue to become that kind of person that follows through on the things you say you're going to do and moves toward a healthier version of yourself. All right, so let's look at a few questions before we wrap things up. Question number one, what can I do to increase my motivation, intensity, and pursuit of this goal? So remember, intensity is simply effort, and we want to increase our effort by decreasing our perceived effort. We do that by having voluntary discomfort. So the question is, what is the uncomfortable thing you're going to do voluntarily that will help reduce your perceived effort towards your goal. What is that going to be? Question number two, how can I better attach my identity to my goal to increase my motivation? Three kinds of goals that we pursue. We have outcome goals, process goals, and identity goals. The closer you can get to identity, the more that you can attach the goals that you're after to that identity, the more likely you're going to be able to persist toward them. Outcomes are important. Process is very important. But the more you can attach that to your identity, the more likely you are to persist. Finally, how can I start living with purpose so that I can become the kind of person I'm trying to become? With the understanding that that person, that target is a moving target. It doesn't sit still. You don't reach a destination and then you're done becoming the person it's a moving target it's ever-changing which is fine it's a good thing that's the way that it should be the question is how are you going to start living more with purpose today so that you can continue your pursuit toward that person that's all for today, my friends. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. You can also leave us a review, up to a four-star review on Apple Podcast, I believe, and reviews at all the other places as well. Make any, uh, Leave any comments that you like. If you have any questions or you need to clarify anything, uh, we're certainly happy to do that. Until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.